the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. God bless you all. I hope you guys have been having a wonderful week. God is doing some really great things here in the state of Texas and here in the United States. This past week, I had the pleasure of going to a pastor's conference with some of the ministers here at Freedom Fellowship Church. And the focus of the conference was the body of Christ and pastors, how they need to get involved in the political sector and how they need to get involved in the workings of the government that are happening. And it was really encouraging to see so many of the body of Christ understand that we have to be involved. There's oftentimes this mentality where we trap ourselves behind the four walls of our church where we think that if we just go to church and if we pray and if we keep to ourselves, then God's going to fix everything. When that's not the way it works, we have to get involved. We have to be engaged in what's happening in the world. And so it was really encouraging to see all these pastors, all these ministers with that same mindset that we have to go out there, we have to make a change in this nation and take back this country. So I encourage you, wherever God is calling you, if God is calling you to the business sector, if God is calling you to the media and the arts and the entertainment, if God is calling you to politics, if God is calling you to teach, do it. Because we need to be evident and we need to be working. The body of Christ needs to be working in every sector of society. When we have a foothold in every sector, that's when we can start to influence the culture and start to steer the culture back on the course. The Bible says that we are salt and light. Well, back in ancient times, what was salt used for? Salt was the preserving power. They would put salt all over their meat so that it would keep and that it wouldn't go bad. Well, the thing is, is that if we're salt, salt doesn't do any good unless it's applied to the thing that we want to preserve. So if we want to preserve this nation, if we want to hold on to righteousness, we can't hide behind the four walls of our church. We can't be complacent. We can't stand on the sidelines. The reason why the country has gotten to the place that we've gotten to is because the church has been silent. It's because we've been content to stay on the sidelines, like, oh, we shouldn't be involved in the affairs of the world. Oh, we shouldn't get involved in this, or we shouldn't get involved in that. Body of Christ, we're salt and light, but our salt doesn't do any good unless it's applied to something. The light doesn't do any good unless we shine it in the darkness. Matthew 5 says, starting at verse 14, you are the light of the world. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We have to shine the light in the darkness. We have to be world changers. Oftentimes, we get so caught up in our little bubble, we, you know, we're preaching at each other. We're shining our light at each other. But it doesn't do any good. It doesn't do any good unless we start to take that into the world and start to make a change. But it was very encouraging to see all these pastors, all these ministers eager to get mobilized to take back the political sector. And so God is on the move. And I encourage each of you, we need to keep our political leaders in prayer. First Timothy 2 states, starting at verse 1, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of Christ. For kings and all those in authority. So even if you didn't vote for them, even if you don't agree with their policies, we need them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because it says that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And if our politicians, if they know God, if they fear God, they'll enact godly laws. We have to take back the political sector. And how is it going to come forth? It's going to come forth through prayer, yes. And it's going to come forth by us mobilizing and going out and applying God's ways of doing things in every sector in the media, in our businesses, in the political sector. So this brings me to my point for this week. In the body of Christ, we need to disciple leaders amongst us. We need to build up leaders within our church. A lot of times in churches, in the body of Christ, we focus so much on salvation. Oh, we just need to save souls. Oh, we just need to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And this is good. As we just said, God desires that all men would be saved, but we shouldn't just be content with having an altar call at the end of a Sunday service, having people to say the sinner's prayer. We need to take things further than that, because if we bring all these people into Christ and they say their sinner's prayer, they receive salvation, but they never grow spiritually, they're just going to stay in that same spot, in that same spiritual state for the rest of their lives. And they'll be stagnant. But we shouldn't be satisfied staying where we're at. We should always grow. We should always improve. We should always be maturing. We often use the Great Commission as a means to, yes, we need to go into all the world and bring people to the knowledge of Christ. But if we look at what Jesus said, it says, Matthew 28, verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, it's not enough just to get people saved. We need to mature them. 
We need to help them grow spiritually. But a lot of pastors become content. Oh, we've got to feed the flock. You know, we got to guide them. But we need to stop seeing the body of Christ as just sheep that need to be fed. We need to start seeing them as leaders that we can mature. We need to reproduce after our own kind. We need to disciple them because then if we disciple them, they mature spiritually, they become leaders in their respective areas. Then they make disciples. And then when their disciples mature, then their disciples make disciples. We multiply after ourselves because it's not about any one person. We shouldn't try to bottleneck access to God. We shouldn't try to slow down somebody's progress so that we can remain in control or so that we can keep them where they're at. We should always be getting new revelation, new understanding of God. God is eternal. We will have all eternity to know about God, to learn about God and experience him in new ways. But we become satisfied just sitting in pews, just teaching the same message over and over with the same revelation, we should be getting new revelation continually. It should be a continuing process. But so many people in the body of Christ, they become content just filling pews, going to church, getting fed on Sunday, and then going back to doing whatever it is they were doing that week. We have to mature spiritually. We have to grow. We don't get people saved just so that they can fill pews. No. We get people saved so that they can come to know God in a new way that they've never experienced before. And as they mature, as they become discipled, then they will bring people to Christ. And the people that they brought to Christ will bring more people to Christ. It's a domino effect. But we have to disciple. We have to bring back an emphasis of discipleship in the church. And I think that this goes for not just the adults in the church, but the youth as well. We need to stop seeing the youth in the state that they are. When we look at a person, what should we see? We shouldn't categorize them according to our knowledge, according to our understanding. We have to see them the way that God sees them. We have to see them with the potential that God has for them. Because if we start boxing the people of God in, then they'll be trapped in that box but they need to break out of it. We have to break out of the box of the church. We have to break out of the box of the preconceived ideas, and we need to go forth into power and authority. And the same goes, as I was saying to our youth, something that I always say concerning the younger generation is that we should be treating our young people as intelligent. A lot of times we tend to sometimes dumb things down for the youth. We think, oh, they don't understand it, or they're just young. They don't understand the spiritual things. But why not? Why couldn't they? I would argue that the youth can become even more perceptive concerning the spiritual because they don't have any preconceived ideas. They don't have any assumptions about the way God works. They have an unfiltered view. But we have to treat them as intelligent. You know, we take the youth and we push them off into their little corner, right? Sunday service comes and they're like, all right, time to go off to Sunday school. And then what do we do? We give them coloring books. We tell them little nursery rhyme versions of the Bible. But what are they really getting out of that? Oh, yeah, I get to color with my friends. But we shouldn't just see them as youth. We should see them as potential leaders of this nation. The young people are so perceptive, body of Christ. The younger generation, they are so perceptive. 
here at Freedom Fellowship Church, we oftentimes hold youth training meetings where we have one-on-one sessions in small groups, and we just are discipling them and studying the scriptures in depth. Just recently, we held one of these conferences, and some of the volunteers, they came to me afterwards, and they said, I was taking notes in the back. I was amazed at the things that you were teaching them, things that even I was learning from. And the thing that they said to me was really interesting. They said, you treat them like they're adults. You don't treat them like they're just kids. And I thought that was really interesting. And why is that? It's because they're not just kids. They're sons of God and they're kings and priests. When we start talking about these spiritual issues, the younger people, they start to answer the questions and they start to get a grasp of these concepts that many adults don't even have grasp of. But they they came to me, this volunteer, and they said, I was very encouraged and I was amazed at their ability to retain these things that we were talking about. But in the body of Christ, we have this concept that, oh, they're not prepared. We try to shield them from certain things, try to gloss over the tougher parts of our theology, the tougher parts that we as Christians have to address. But then what happens? All their young Christian life, they're spoon-fed this watered-down version of the gospel, this watered-down version of Christianity. It's very superficial, and they're spoon-fed. They go to Sunday school. You know, They hear all the stories. They hear about David and Goliath. They hear about Samuel, but they never get to the meat. But then what happens? They get through school. They go to college, and then these college professors, they start asking them questions about their faith tough questions that adults struggle with. And then these kids, these young people, they start to realize, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I believe. This whole Christian thing is just, it doesn't make sense. And then they have these series of doubts because they've never understood Christianity in its full context. They've never gone in depth with the things of God. So when they start to come against these obstacles, these things, that bring doubt because they've never gone past the superficial level, they don't know what to say. And that's why we have all these young people falling away from the faith. Whenever they leave, whenever they leave their home, then they start to fall away from the faith because they've never been exposed to the deeper things of God. They've never experienced God in fullness. We as ministers, we as the body of Christ, we shouldn't pick and choose what to teach. A lot of times it's easier to pick this feel-good message over something that's hard to swallow. But if we keep sheltering our youth, even our congregation members, even the adults, if we keep sheltering the body of Christ, when times of trial come, they're going to fall away because they have nothing to hold on to, nothing of substance to hold on to. Paul said, as he was addressing the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, he said, Now that I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. The whole will of God, the whole counsel of God. Because if we hold back Revelation, if we pick and choose scriptures, but don't address other issues, we're guilty. We're guilty of holding things back, of not revealing our full revelation to the body of Christ. 
not revealing everything that God is telling us to give them. We can't pick and choose this scripture here, that scripture there, oh, but this one doesn't match my ideology. We do that a lot of the times. We gloss over certain things that are tough to address, that aren't easy to talk about. But if we don't address these issues, then the body of Christ will never mature. I remember growing up in school, I remember, and I know my situation is probably unique, but I went to a private school where I grew up in the church, I went to private school, I studied the scriptures, but I noticed that at my particular school, they handled Bible classes differently than a regular Sunday school, than a other private schools when I compared to some of my friends who went to other schools. Many Christian schools treat Bible class as like an extension of Sunday school, so we just read about the Bible, we tell stories, much like a Sunday school. But my particular school, they came at it from a different angle, which at the time I didn't even realize was unique. In seventh grade, I had a Bible teacher, and the class was Old Testament studies. And what happened is that in my seventh grade class, I had this teacher who read the Bible in the original Hebrew who showed us the original language, started teaching us about in-depth understanding of Christianity and how when we look at things in the original language, when we look at things in the historical context, how things connect in a way that we don't understand normally when we read it in our regular understanding, in our American understanding. And what happened is that the Bible started to open up to me in a way that I hadn't realized before because then I realized, oh my gosh, there's so much here in the Bible. There's so much here that I'm not even grasping that, you know, in Sunday school and regular services that people aren't showing me. At home, mom and dad, they would talk about the Bible. They would talk about God very openly and they were always talking about the goodness of God and God at work and how God worked in the world. But Elsewhere, like whenever I went to a youth group or when I went to Sunday school before we started Freedom Fellowship Church, it wasn't it wasn't really the same because we had at the same school, at the same church, they had Wednesday youth service, they had kids retreats, but those never really felt like they addressed the depth. So many of these youth services, there's so much focus on entertaining the kids oh, we have to dress up the gospel to make it look cool, or we have to dress up the gospel to make kids interested in it. And what happens is that there becomes this huge focus on trying to make it relevant to the younger generation. The thing is, though, kids don't want things made relevant to them. I'm sure many of you had kids, but think about any time you tried to talk the young language, act cool as a parent. The kids don't really respond to that, do they? Dad tries to use the new lingo, and the kids say, Dad, stop. What are you doing? But that's how we treat our youth groups. That's what we try to do with our young people in the church. We try to act cool. We try to talk the new lingo. But kids don't really respond to that. They just say, oh, it's a bunch of adults trying to act young, or it's a bunch of adults that are trying to act like kids. So what happens is that they turn themselves off to it. I mean, I just went to youth group as a kid to hang out with my friends. We had a 30-minute service. We worshiped God for 20 minutes. We had a short 30-minute sermon, and then they 
had a game room and then I played with my friends and we hung out. But when I started to see the scriptures in depth and when I started to understand, then things started to open up. My eyes started to see, oh my gosh, there's so much here that I'm not seeing. And remember, this is in seventh grade. In seventh grade, he was started to show us the Bible in its original context, in-depth theological studies about the Abrahamic covenant, about the Mosaic covenant, and about how it mirrors and parallels what Christ did on the cross and how Christ fulfilled the law. And we went through in-depth studies about the Old Testament. The next year in eighth grade, we did the New Testament, and they built upon the Old Testament, and the entire New Testament class was just about how Christ fulfilled everything that was established in the Old Testament. And then from there, we went to philosophical discussions about other worldviews, what they believe and how it contrasts with Christianity. And I started to realize how Christianity stacks up against other worldviews, against other beliefs. I remember my teachers, their philosophy was Christianity can stand on its own. The Bible can stand on its own. So when we show them what Hindus believe, what people in Islam believe, what atheists believe, and we show them it in comparison to the Bible, the Bible can stand on its own. But a lot of Christians, they're afraid, oh, we can't expose kids to that. And it's true, we shouldn't expose them to wickedness. But we also shouldn't be afraid of them being exposed to other beliefs. Because if they're confident in their faith, if they're confident in what they believe and we know and we know that they've experienced God, then they can stand on their own two feet. The Bible can stand on its own two feet. And so it was just very interesting to see all of these things come together. But this brings me to my final point because as a kid, I started to develop an understanding of my faith. I started to understand to develop an in-depth knowledge of my faith. But when God touched me personally, when God came into my life and became real to me, when that relationship became tangible, that's when my faith became unshakable. Because it's true, I did study Christianity in depth, and I did start to understand and grasp these concepts about things that Christianity has to address, things that Christianity believes. But I remember it was during a summer Bible study that was held at Freedom Fellowship Church by Pastor Chris, and the goal was for each of us to experience God personally and to understand that love relationship with God. Because at the core of Christianity, what's at the core of Christianity? A love relationship with God. When that relationship became tangible, when that relationship became real, that's when I knew and I knew that regardless of what anybody said, regardless of what anybody said I should believe, that I would cling to God, that I would never let him go because I tasted him, I experienced him. And if we get our young people and our adults, if we get the body of Christ to experience God in a tangible and real way, then they'll never fall away. They'll never fall away. So we need to bring discipleship back into the church. 
Discipleship should be the norm so that we can raise up leaders amongst the youth, leaders amongst the adults, to go into all the world and every sector of society and make a change. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you, Lord, for each and every one of these listeners, God. I pray, Lord, that they would experience you, Lord, in a way that they've never experienced you before. That this love relationship would become something tangible. That you would open their eyes, Lord, to the spiritual realm. And that they would see you, see your love in everything that they do. And every day that they wake up, every breath that they take, God, that they would experience your love and your goodness, Lord. That they would never let go of you, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you are raising up the younger generation, God, who will not waver, but who will rise up in leadership and in authority. I thank you, God, that you are raising up the body of Christ in every sector of society, Lord, in the political realm, in the media and the arts, in the entertainment, in the business sector, Lord, in science, in education, in technology, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are raising up leaders in each of these areas, Lord, that they can be influencers, cultural changers, Lord. I thank you, God, for revealing yourself to them, for speaking to them, even tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you were blessed by this message, if you have any testimonies that you'd like to share with us, give us a call. We love to hear from you guys. It's always very encouraging when we hear from one of our listeners. If you want to give us a call, call us at 210-396-7891. Again, that's 210-396-7891. You can also visit our website, www.sogmi.org. Again, that's www.sogmi.org. You can find more information about us. You can listen to previous broadcasts. So if you want to get caught up, if you want to listen to any of the other broadcasts, visit our website. We have all of our information there. We have that media there for you to access. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.